it's a wonderful way for me to begin my ministry as a priest, to have this feast of St. John the Baptist. We celebrate this feast on the longest day of the year, the midsummer solstice, or roundabout, it varies slightly every year, but exactly six months before Christmas. At Christmas, we were celebrating Christ as the light rising in the darkness, the dawn, the dawning sun shedding growing light on a dark world. Now, as the sun begins to decline, the church reminds us of this important saint, St. John the Baptist. He said of himself, I must decrease, and he must increase, he that is Jesus. So this piece is really meaningful for me today, as it tells me that my ministry as a priest is going to be fruitful if I decrease and let Christ take more and more place and importance in my life and action. Like John, I will have to constantly remind myself, I am not the one you imagine me to be. I'm not the one I imagine me to be. But there is one who is coming after me, Christ, and I am not worthy to undo his sandal. And you can help me and every priest to remember this by having that act of faith that sees Christ reflected in the priest. By interacting with your priests, not according to the flesh, that is, according to human preferences, human limitations, human calculations, but according to the Spirit, by seeking out the man of God in the priest. And so it's a great joy for me to celebrate this with you today, with this parish that I'm learning to love very much, surrounded with brothers, some of whom have come from far away, and with my family and other friends. And that joy is a beautiful thing because it's a feast of joy that we are celebrating today. We're celebrating the feast not of the martyrdom of St. John the Baptist. Usually when you celebrate a saint, you celebrate the day that they died. But here, we're celebrating the birth of John the Baptist. It was a cause for great joy, as we heard in the Gospel, when he was born. Why are we celebrating his birth? Because John was sanctified even before he was born. When he was still in his mother Elizabeth's womb, when Our Lady Mary came to visit Elizabeth at the visitation. Do you remember the passage? Elizabeth hears the salutation of Mary, and the child leaps in her womb for joy. As soon as your salutation reached my ears, the babe in my womb leapt for joy. John was made holy, sanctified, at that moment, while he was still in the womb. And his first experience of God was an experience of joy. Joy is a very deep, very insightful experience of who God is. God is a cause 
for rejoicing. That's why we pray together today in the opening prayer of the Mass. Give your people, we pray, the grace of spiritual joys. C.S. Lewis, a Christian author who wrote the Narnia books and was also a very deep thinker, told his own conversion story in a book that was called Surprised by Joy. He went from unbelief as a child to eventual belief in Christ. And in a way, his journey began when he had a powerful experience of joy reading a poem as a child. Not a poem about God, just a beautiful poem. What was that feeling that he had? Well, when he called it joy, he didn't mean happiness, the kind of happiness that you can have when you've got a pay rise and your family is all healthy and successful. And it certainly wasn't pleasure, the kind of pleasure that you can get from eating an ice cream or watching the World Cup, the pleasure that you have forfeited today, very movingly. It was something much deeper. What he said he experienced was a feeling that was, that was almost painful. He said, an unsatisfied desire, which is itself more desirable than any satisfaction. An unsatisfied desire, which is itself more desirable than any satisfaction. Now, after that experience, C.S. Lewis spent a lot of time, he would later say, wasted a lot of time, trying to recreate those moments of joy. That's impossible. We have no power over joy, because joy is a gift from God. But after his long journey to faith, he, he realized that that experience of joy, that our experiences of that deep joy, are like a glimpse of God. Because it's only with God that our desire grows stronger, even when it's satisfied. He realized that when he thought he was looking for joy, he was actually looking for God. Now I hope that you've had an experience of joy like this. An experience of this desire for that which is absolute or infinite. Because if you have, it's like a little glimpse of the contemplation that we're going to have in heaven. And I actually think that children tend to experience that feeling a little bit more easily than adults. Maybe because their mind is still fresh and open to wonder. I remember myself some moments that I had that were like that when I was little. But as I read the Gospel today, I wondered whether John remembered that moment. After all, he was minus three months old at the time. So it would be pretty impressive if he could remember it. And that made me think, there must have been lots of moments like this in our lives that we no longer remember, that we've forgotten. However, we can be sure that God does not forget them. 
It is written in the Psalms that God collects every one of our tears in a little bottle, that they're all written in his book. Well, if he remembers all our tears, we can imagine that he remembers all the moments of joy that he has shared with us as well. Because God knows much better than we ourselves know the story of our life. We sang that in the psalm. O Lord, you search me and you know me. You know my resting and my rising. You discern my purpose from afar. You mark when I walk or lie down. All my ways lie open to you. God knows us so thoroughly. He remembers every step of the way we have walked through life. He remembers the very first stirrings of the Holy Spirit in our heart. Even though if, like me, you were baptized as a child, you can't remember it. You weren't even conscious of it at the time. I have a photo in, in my bedroom. It's a photo of my mother, who's here today, holding me as a baby. And I've just been baptized. And I don't look like I have a clue about what's just happened. I'm only about three months old. But something incredible has just happened in my soul. In fact, God's work in our life is hidden a lot of the time. Almost most of the time. We rarely realize how much God is at work. It's maybe only sometimes with prayerful hindsight that we realize a bit more. Just like when he created us, it was a hidden process. The psalm said, it was you who created my being, knit me together in my mother's womb, when I was being fashioned in secret and molded in the depths of the earth. Well, the same is true of our sanctification. It's mainly a hidden process. It's like an iceberg that can look small or insignificant on the surface, but there's a lot underwater. A lot of invisible things going on. That's why often when people ask me to tell the story of my vocation, well, for sure, I know that there's some key moments in it, and I can tell about some of the factors that were part of it. I can tell about one particular decisive day when God called me. It was the 17th of March, 2007. But the more I think on it, the more I realize how mysterious are all the different ways that God was leading me to grow in his friendship, to enter religious life, and now to become a priest. That's because God knows my story much better than I myself know it. He knows your story much better than you yourself know it. God, when we get to heaven, we will be amazed, I think, at the beautiful way in which God was leading us. We will see the whole iceberg. He leads us at times through moments of, of joy, but also through moments of sadness, through moments of hesitation, boredom, and even discouragement and apparent failure. 
Now here it's the first reading of today's Mass that was a, a beautiful light on this. It makes us realize how differently God sees us, God sees our life, compared to our perspective when we are living. It says, The Lord called me before I was born, before my mother's womb he pronounced my name. He said to me, You are my servant Israel, in whom I shall be glorified. While I was thinking, I have toiled in vain. I have exhausted myself for nothing. Even when our life story involves trials, even when God leads us through the valley of darkness, like he did for St. John the Baptist, who was put in prison and was killed for his witness. Still, we are hidden in the shadow of God's hand. Yes, God sees the whole iceberg, and it is beautiful. This is the great cure for low self-esteem. I don't know if you struggle sometimes with low self-esteem. The prophet certainly sounded like he was in the first reading that I just quoted. I was thinking I have toiled in vain. I have exhausted myself for nothing. But he continues. And all the while my cause was with the Lord. My reward with my God. I was honored in the eyes of the Lord. We are someone in God's eyes. He sees the beauty of our Christian life. The beauty that grows as we try to be faithful to our calling as Christians. And he forms and directs that growth. His hand is laid upon us. He is proud of us. Why? Because all this growth in Christian life, all our efforts to be faithful, even when we fail, indeed, especially when we fail, when we sin, but then ask forgiveness and humbly start again, God is proud of us. Because those are his own gifts. He's proud to see his gifts in action. His, his gifts growing and flourishing. It is God who gives the growth, says St. Paul. God is our Father. And like a father, he is proud of us. He sees his own life growing in us and blossoming in us. And that is his joy. And that's why, in the Gospel that we heard today, when the child came to be circumcised, they did not name him Zechariah after his father, but John, a name meaning God has given grace, naming him after his heavenly father, who is rich in grace. It's the great privilege of the priest to be an instrument of that grace, to help people to meet the gaze of God on their lives, the loving, fatherly gaze that God has towards us. We call a priest father because his role is to make that loving fatherhood tangible, nurturing those that God gives him as his flock 
and speaking on God's behalf to them. So I ask you today to pray for me that God will make me into a father, into a sign of his fatherhood. Not only when I speak in the person of Christ at once or in confession, but in all my life. And I thank you for your prayers.